Welcome to the Axial Spondyloarthritis Podcast, hosted by me, Jason Sacco. I'm a longtime spondy looking to bring the community closer to give the community a voice. I'll be reaching out to organizations, doctors, nutritionists, and anyone that I think can help increase our spondy quality of life. Enjoy and learn what is available to make your life better. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Axial Spinal Arthritis Podcast. As the title mentions, we're going to talk about fatigue today. But first, I wanted to point out a couple things. I got a review that came in from Jonathan in the UK, and I wanted to read that. He wrote something to me and then sent me a message with some great resources for all of us. So Jonathan reached out to me, bought me a few coffees through the Buy Me a Coffee link on my spondypodcast.com webpage, and he said, your podcast is an amazing source of information, both factual and anecdotal. He says, I'm taken to listening to your podcast when I go out for my daily walk. He said, enjoy the coffees, and I hope it brings you some more episodes. Well, thank you, and I also wanted to point out that in the separate message that he sent, he mentions to me something that I was not aware of over on Reddit, which is a site that obviously I know what it is, but I don't use it really much at all. There is a ankylosing spondylitis Reddit, and I'll have a link to it in the show notes, and that community also has a Discord chat server to bring people with axial spondyloarthritis together where they can all share, support one another, just like the Facebook group. So if you're a big Reddit user, check out the show notes. There'll be a link to it. And again, you know, it was very nice of him to do the buy my coffee through the Spondy podcast. So I feel great just that he's liking the show and, and finding value in it. So let's jump over to today's episode, which is an article I came across again in my spondylitis team. And I like that even though it, it does reference about team members and so forth in the articles, you'll, you'll find a link to it below and it talks about managing fatigue and spondylitis. And surprise, there is no magic bullet for everybody. That's the really, really hard part about fatigue and dealing with axial spondyloarthritis is the never-ending fatigue that can affect you at various times either through your whole life or in periods. And it can affect men and women differently because it can be both the axial spondyloarthritis as well as hormonal issues. You know, you want to make sure that you're working with your doctor to address both any potential hormonal issues as well as the, you know, fatigue that you're feeling. Some of the key takeaways for this article that they mention are that fatigue is a common symptom of spondylitis and it can be debilitating. Women with spondylitis are more likely to report severe fatigue than men. And strategies to manage fatigue and improve energy can help improve the quality of life with spondylitis. So let's look and see a little bit about what they talk about. So it goes on to start off and say, do you have profound debilitating fatigue with spondylitis? Well, I raised my hand when I read that. I do. Well, you're not alone. Up to 80% of people with this inflammatory arthritic disease experience an overwhelming tiredness that doesn't go away with rest or sleep. Well, and I can certainly vouch for that, as well as many of you, that you don't get a good night's sleep. So you're tired just from that. You sit there, and mine was hormonal as well. I had to do testosterone replacement. Doesn't mean you will need to do that or even want to consider it. Talk to your doctor. But once I did that, that helped dramatically improve my symptoms of fatigue. When we look at it, along with the chronic pain and stiffness that come with AS, fatigue is one of the most impactful and least studied symptoms of spondylitis. According to a 2015 study in arthritis research and therapy, some 75% of people with AS experience fatigue so severe it's hard to get out of bed in the morning, or at all. 
unlike the temporary tiredness that comes from, you know, having a really hard workout or a long work day, inflammatory fatigue is unrelenting. The article goes on to say it gets worse with flares and dramatically alters quality of life. And I think we all can attest to this. The fatigue, it just affects everything that we think about doing, want to do, or even try to do. One person wrote, tired is my new normal. And they said, I've turned into Rip Van Winkle, said another. I'm so tired I could sleep on a coat hanger just to survive, explained the third member. Not real sure what they mean by sleep on a coat hanger, but hey, whatever you know they use for anecdotes is fine. So what does a spondylitis fatigue feel like? Well, people living with axial spondyloarthritis, again, the umbrella term for the classes of chronic conditions involving inflammatory conditions of the spine and the pelvis, they're experiencing fatigue differently. Here's how my spondylitis team members describe the feeling. One said, I can power through pain, but this exhaustion is tough. Another said, tired isn't the word. It's run down, lacking energy, feeling stressed, on edge, and yo-yoing through the day. Another said, feel dead on my feet. Another said, tired and brain foggy today, another lost day. And finally, another said, it feels like the drain plug has been pulled and I'm sitting on empty. And I think we can all relate to that. I know I can. It just is this never-ending, just grinds you down to a point where you just, you'll have a hard time even functioning some days. So some of the symptoms of a spondylitis fatigue, which can be the following, you know, with a lack of energy is the primary feeling. Chronic spondylitis fatigue encompasses many other symptoms, including mood-related disorders not typically associated with normal exhaustion. Symptoms of spondylitis include sleep deprivation, lethargy and restlessness, muscle weakness, brain fog, apathy, depression, anxiety, headaches, frustration and anger, poor memory or forgetfulness, feelings of failure or lack of confidence, difficulty concentrating or making decisions, decreased productivity, decreased interest in social activities, and I can probably put a check mark for me next to every one of those. And it just, again, it's such a drawback or drawdown on your overall mental well-being and how your quality of life goes. That if you can tackle the fatigue, the pain I found, I can deal with the pain. The pain is, you know, I'm used to that after 40 years. It's the fatigue that I really just have not, even at 52 and having dealt with this for 40 plus years, haven't come to grips with. So a rheumatologist, they can help you diagnose whether your symptoms are a response to overexertion or an indication of an underlying condition related to AS. You're probably going to have a fairly good idea of it, but again, talk to your rheumatologist, talk to your GP. They both need to be on the same page as to how you're going to treat this. So they looked and talked to spondylitis uh, fatigue and how it affected some of the team members, they call them for my spondylitis. And here's some of the things that they came back and talked about. And again, I'm going to be able to put a check mark next to every one of these. Low energy levels. So they feel great one day, can't get out of bed the next day. Whether it's a flare or uncontrolled disease activity, this can cause a boomer bus cycles that make it hard to lead a normal life. The person wrote, I have sleep marathons followed by a day or two of energy. I embrace the good days and dread the bad, said another. When you flare, your body works so hard fighting inflammation, it causes exhaustion that can last days after a flare, explained a third member. Another is interrupted slumber. It goes on to say, pain keeps many of the members of this website up all night. Even after logging a few hours of sleep, many wake up tired the next day. After nine hours, one person wrote, I get up, eat breakfast, then go right back to bed for another three or four hours. Some days I don't get up until after 4 p.m., said another member. I wish that was something I could do with, with work. I just, I got to get up and power through it. But there have been some help from my GP 
in the form of, for me, testosterone and another medication that I take that, you know, called modafinil, which some people have luck with, others don't. You know, it's, it's again, not that you should try it. It's that you need to talk to your doctor and let them know what's going on. They also, one person wrote, catnaps are essential. They said, I'm a professional napper. If you can have the ability to take a nap in the day, do it. Not everybody can, and if you can't, you know, you have to just find ways to hopefully overcome. There's struggles with daily tasks. Again, this is another one I can put a check next to. Fatigue prevents many people from doing their daily chores. One person wrote, I can't clean house or cook. I try to dust a little, then pay for it later. This person went on to say, their husband now does 99% of the grocery shopping. And another person said, they're so exhausted, they fell asleep waiting in a parent pickup line of their son's school. A guy knocked on my car window to wake me up. They said it was so embarrassing. Another thing you want to look at that can happen is sleeping on the job. This I've had done. I work in a call center environment. Even though I work for home, I'm taking phone calls. And I've had people that if they just go on and on and on, I've fallen asleep on the call. I usually wake right up, but I have fallen asleep. And job performance often suffers when fatigue and its accompanying brain fog show up for work. They wrote up to 90% of people with AS become work disabled over time. According to a large study on fatigue and work impairment, one person wrote, I stopped scheduling morning appointments with clients because I was so tired. Even if I had a long to-do list, another wrote, I nap when I can, then work when I'm awake, usually a two to four hour window in the afternoon. Again, it's sleeping on the job, the fatigue with the daily tasks. I can't do long-term cleaning around my house. I can clean a little bit here sit down and rest a little bit there. Again, I also walk with a cane, so I'm doing everything one-armed because I need the cane to you know, maneuver around. Another thing is depression. Many people on this website report that they mourn their old lives and achievements. And I had this conversation with somebody the other day on Facebook, and it was that you know, you really, at some point, and it, it, this doesn't happen overnight. You have to come to grips with the pain, to grips with the fatigue, and find the way that's going to allow you to overcome it the best way you can. For the pain, that took me 30 years and a couple marriages, I told this person, to learn to deal with the pain properly. I hope you don't have that same history and same time frame. I hope you can come to grips with it much quicker. But once you do, you can hopefully then push on for a better quality of life. The depression is another thing, and that's also, if you need professional help with it, get it. One person said, I used to make the Energizer Bunny look lazy. Now I'm not even remotely close. Another talked about, I used to be the life of the party. Now that's over. Others feel moody or depressed. One person wrote, I usually throw a big party for my birthday and celebrate all week long. This year, I just feel sad and tired, shared one person. Depression seems to be common, causing constant pain, fatigue, lack of motivation, and isolation observed another. So those things that constant pain, the fatigue, the lack of motivation, and you know, isolating yourself from friends and family can surely lead to depression. So please make sure that you go out and you are getting professional help if needed. Another thing is strained relationships. And this fatigue can disrupt relationships with families and friends. A person wrote, I'm sick of my family asking if I'm drunk or high, said one member. You know, and I kind of chuckle a little bit because I, I certainly understand that. Well, my family's not asked me that. You know, you can go through with the brain fog and feel like you're high because you're sitting there, you just can't process or think properly. Another shared, can't even get up to make a cup of tea. 
family thinks I'm lazy. That was my family for years and years and years. It was always, well, you're not wanting to do this because you're lazy. You're not wanting to do this because you're lazy. No, I'm in pain. I'm tired. You know, no friends or social life wrote another and said, I want to be the fun grandma another woman wrote, but I'm too tired and totally drained. What about also spondylitis fatigue in women who tend to report it more than men? Studies have found that the spondylitis presents differently in women and men. And this has been covered in numerous past episodes I've done, is that there are different things that present themselves in women versus men. There, there's some core things, but there are some little nuances, and that can also lead to more of a challenging issue for uh, women getting diagnosed. And one of these differences is that women tend to report significantly higher levels of fatigue. So make sure that you're documenting, 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 and working with your both GP and rheumatologist. And also, if I'm going to say this again, if you're using the term ankylosing spondylitis without a diagnosis, stop. Use the term axial spondyloarthritis because you're going in and if you're using the term ankylosing spondylitis and the doctor does x-rays and there's no visible damage and he comes to you and says, well, you don't have ankylosing spondylitis and you start insisting, well, I have all these symptoms and they say, yes, but you don't have any fusion. And it can lead to just this runaround. And the doctor should be pointing you toward axial spondyloarthritis, which encompasses both ankylosing spondylitis and non-radiographic. But it's, I think, always imperative for you to be your best patient advocate. And using the term axial spondyloarthritis is going to cast the largest net for you to you know, get that diagnosis and get the treatment plan needed to start that ball rolling. Another thing is anemia and fatigue. According to the U.S. Office on Women's Health, women are also more likely in general to develop iron deficiency anemia, which commonly causes fatigue. Many members of my, uh, the, this website, My Spondylitis Team, describe having both anemia and spondylitis. And again, check, I have both. I've just had blood work done again, and now I have chronic anemia. Wondering if anyone has problems with anemia. It's so tiring. Others report being diagnosed with Perniceous anemia, I butchered that, I'm sure, an autoimmune disorder in which the body can't make enough healthy red blood cells. More women than men are diagnosed with this. So again, make sure that you're documenting everything, the fatigue, iritis, whatever symptoms you're getting that you want to report and your GP and your rheumatologist can use to help, you know, make sure that you are, again, diagnosed properly and getting the right treatment plan. So what might be causing spondylitis fatigue. Well, we know that it's basically sleep deprivation and inflammation. Which one comes first? It's hard to say. Uh, the inflammation, you know, it can be reared up and then you're getting sleep deprivation. For some, if they're not sleeping well, that could trigger a flare. So it, it can be a vicious circle. Fatigue is typically caused by factors including inflammation, underlying health conditions, medication side effects, the stress of coping with a chronic condition, and poor lifestyle habits. The two big ones are inflammation. You know, studies have shown that uncontrolled disease activity is the primary driver of fatigue in inflammatory arthritis. In spondylitis, inflammatory proteins called cytokines are released, producing fatigue. One member called it a vicious cycle. Pain makes us exhausted. Exhaustion creates pain that fogs our brain. One thing about inflammation, and I want to point out here, if you're not on biologics, there I'm a big proponent of them. They didn't exist when I was diagnosed. For most of my fusing life, they did not exist. And so now that there's 
just a huge variety of them, I would encourage you to talk with your doctors about them. You know, I see a lot of people say, well, I'll, I'll wait until I'm in much more pain before I start a biologic. Well, you have to remember, a biologic is not a pain medication. A biologic is to knock down inflammation and control the disease progression as a side effect or a side benefit of the reduced inflammation, you usually get some level of pain reduction. But remember, they're not directly a pain medication like a, you know, an opiate or something like that. So you take the biologic to reduce the inflammation to slow the progression of the disease. You don't take it after damage has been done because that damage can't be reversed. So make sure that if you can get that inflammation under control using a biologic, Maybe your brain fog clears up, your sleep gets better. All of that can help. Again, I'm not a doctor, so discuss it with your doctor and see what's right for you. Sleep deprivation can come in. I see tons and tons of posts on what's the best mattress. Well, you know what? That's impossible to say because like AS, everybody's different. So you really need to just kind of go out and check out the mattress and find what works best for you. Uh, It could be also that you sleep in a recliner. I've had many nights where I sleep in a recliner and recline it back, and that's the only way I can get comfortable. So lack of sleep can increase pain, causing more sleeplessness that leads to more pain. So it can be a vicious cycle with the sleep deprivation as well. But with that, you know, on top of it, there's the medications that we take, and all of this, the depression, all of it can tie into things that affect us. There's more in the article. I'll have a link to it in the show notes that I want you to go ahead and, you know, feel free to check out. But when you start looking at medications and you start looking at the depression that can affect us, it's no wonder that when you wrap all of this up into one person, they can be irritable, they can be stressed, they can be depressed. And so if you're listening to this and you are the partner of somebody with AS, if they snap at you, don't always take it personal. Give them just a little bit of leeway. It doesn't mean they can be abusive to you, be mean to you. That's not acceptable. But know that there's some days that the best thing you can do is just give them space. Let them just come to you when they need to talk and just let them you know, process what they're dealing with at any given day. If you're the person with AS, make sure that on your good days, you're just being you know, good to the the partner if you are lucky enough to have one that is with you and make sure that you're letting them know that you appreciate them and appreciate what they're doing to help you through your bad times. You have to partner up and work together as a team. And the person with AS, they're, you know, sad. They don't, not happy with it. The person without it, they're going to have some feelings of thinking that they may have lost their partner. They may have lost who they originally you know, started dating. So each person is going to have things to deal with. That's where counseling can come into play. So just work together as best you can. And I hope everybody has a wonderful day, wonderful week. And I look forward to talking to you next week. Take care and thanks for listening.